0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Introducing the amazing iPhone
1: XS you'll love on T-Mobile. The most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE.
0: If you cancel service, remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Two seventy nine ninety nine down plus thirty per month times twenty four. Full price nine ninety nine ninety nine. Zero percent APR for well qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate.
2: Blog Talk Radio. Oh mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. We got miles to go before we sleep. Long man is putting in. I'm running, and I'm so far from my home. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December.
3: Oh, mama, I can hear you a crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I know he can man, play football. He's coming down from the gallows, and I don't have fairies on <laughs>
4: games. Three AFC North Divisional games. Cincinnati, beat them. Cleveland, beat them. Baltimore Ravens in M&T Bank Stadium. The Pittsburgh Steelers, sure as sugar, beat them. Three games, you can officially call the Pittsburgh Steelers butter, because my friend, they are now officially on a roll. Good evening, everybody. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me once again is my good friend Anthony DeFio, and this is Behind the Steel Curtain Presents the Steelers Hangover. I am so excited, my friends. and know Steelers Nation is once again after the Pittsburgh Steelers won their fourth straight game by the score of 23-16 to 16 over a team that decimated and embarrassed them just four weeks ago an arch rival, a bitter rival, and they put them back in their place and might even have their head coach looking for a job real, real soon. Wouldn't that be crazy? Folks, I'm so glad you can join us this evening. This is just a joyous occasion, a lot better than where we stood last week where it was a victory but uh, with a uh, sorrowful tone. So this week we're feeling really good. Um, the team is on the mend, the city is on the mend, and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the third seed in the AFC, and everything is looking up. Once again, alongside me is my good friend Tony Defio. And, Tony, you've got to be feeling like a trillion
5: bucks. Uh, I, I really am. Good to be with you, as always, Brian. I'm actually pretty fired up after the injury. I want to do some uh, burpees. I feel pretty good. But yeah, there's uh, nothing better than going to uh, yeah yeah you really uh really burpees? got me excited. Nobody wants yeah. to do burpees. Well, I know, but it, it I I figured running through a brick wall would be too cliche. So burpees would uh definitely be something I I, I could do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's nothing more more satisfying than when when they win an M&T at Beck Stadium. I just it's just a, a great feeling. I mean, I guess nothing would, would be better, but it's been so long. I don't re- remember what that feels like, but yeah, yesterday went about as well as I thought it would go. I, I kind of figured they would return the favor, and, and uh, it was a very satisfying one, Brian. Okay, so let's go ahead right
4: away. Let's just put a letter grade on this for the offense, for the defense, for the special teams. You know what? Offense and defense, let's just throw it all together. Tony, I'm going to let you do the honors because I know I'm feeling it. That has got to be the letter
5: A. Absolutely for both on both hey. sides of the ball. Yeah.
4: What did Fonzie always say? Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it was, and uh, we are cool like Fonzie, my friend. What <laughs> that was uh <laughs> What movie's that yet. from? Cool like Fonzie. What movie, uh, Tony?
5: Uh Drawing a Blank. Pulp fiction. Samuel
4: Jackson tells her
5: oh, cool okay. like Fonzie. They're Robin. Mm.
4: Uh, the, in the diner scene at the end, one of my all-time favorites, I have to bring up Joel Davenport and Samuel L. Jackson every chance I get. Uh, so <laughs> you're feeling good, and uh, we want you to feel good with us, and you know how to do it. Just call in 347-850-8581. This is your show, too, and this is your chance to celebrate along with us, look ahead to the future, and even speculate what still worries you. And something crazy happened today. Um, a mystic tweet which I happened to catch as soon as it came out and uh, I actually beat Jeff Hartman to the punch. I I texted him today and I said, hey, have you seen the tweet by Lev Bell? He's like, oh no, what did he do now? And I'm like, well, he spelled it wrong, but uh, (laughs) he said farewell Miami, so it must mean something. So um, once again, it's going to be crazy in Pittsburgh like this whole season has been. But it's up to one man and that man is not James Connor. That man is Mike Tomlin to be able to sort this whole thing out and keep it together with what is the best interest of this ball club and I definitely think that he can. But you already said A for the grade, Tony, and let's break that down a little bit more. So we have to go ahead and uh, and give ourselves crown ourselves a valedictorian. And I have a feeling that we're probably on the same page once again. And I'll let you go ahead with the honors because I know where you're going. And we don't even discuss this beforehand. But you're going to go to a little place called Erie, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Yeah, hometown of James Conner, the uh, second year running back out of Pitt. Four straight 100-yard game uh, games, uh, another touchdown, 56 yards through the air. He's doing everything Le'Veon Bell ever did, and he's doing it in, in Le'Veon Bell's absence, and it doesn't it doesn't bode well for his future. I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell, so uh, yeah, it's got to be James Conner. So
4: five 100 yard games, um, close to a thousand yards. In fact, I believe he is over a thousand combined yards. Um, the second leading rusher in the NFL, and if he has like 100 67 yards next week um, with Todd Gurley on the bye. He's, he would actually uh, go ahead of Todd Gurley uh, for the rushing crown. That's how good this guy is looking. Um, Le'Veon Bell had an excellent 2014, and this is what uh, James Conner is rivaling. Rivalering? Rivaling. Okay, I can't even... Speak that way. That's a, that's tough. That's like Arnold Palmer for me. I can't say Arnold Palmer, and I, I guess I can't say rival, or Okay, help me out,
5: Tony. What's the word?
4: Rivalry. He's paling. Uh, rivaling.
5: Yes, yes.
4: I think it's rivaling.
5: He's matching. But you know
4: what? I no matter no matter what it is, we feel good, and uh, so. You know, it's plain and simple. James Conner has to be our valedictorian. He had a fantastic game. But if we throw honor rolls out there, there's a lot of guys I'm going to give honor roll to. Um, it's very easy to go ahead on the offensive line and say the entire offensive line. And that's what we normally do. But last week, we said the offensive line, but we singled out Big Al Villanueva because of the way he shut down Miles Garrett. I think it is paramount this week to go on the other side to the right tackle and give the anchor matt filer from bloomsburg a uh, a big honor roll mention because for the second week in a row you didn't hear his name you only heard his name when they were praising the guy um, and you heard his name on the radio broadcast because they want to highlight how good he is and i had a chance to listen to the first half Dan Fouts, um, not, not a pleasure listening to uh, Ian and Dan, but, uh, you know, it's necessary evil when you're watching it on CBS. But the second half, I had to listen to it, and I listened to it with good old Bill, Tunch, and Wolf, and it was just a pleasure. And they were really highlighting how good this guy is, and I'm really excited. And if you're going to uh, give him credit, you have to go ahead and give credit to the man rumored to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns. I don't think it's going to happen, but none other than Mike Munchak. That guy can do wonders with players. Um, he is the offensive line whisperer, if oh, if
5: I may. I was just going to say that. Oh, you, oh, we're, that's that's a great thing, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> took it right front. You. you stole my thunder, as the callers say.
4: Well, you know what? I can, can I accuse you of stealing my thunder? Sure. Can I do that? Because you know we're buddies and we mm-hmm. we're the same age and we love pop culture. And uh, can I just say something? I thought your article was very clever this week, the Connor article. Uh, be sure to spell his name right. Right. And you, my friend, are not the you are not the first BTSC writer to mention the non-hit sitcom Grady. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, I I I love TV. So yeah, I, anytime I can mention the uh, obscure spinoff, I, I I do it.
4: I love it. I love it. I'm proud of you for doing it. I uh, I actually watched a Grady episode for an article last year on YouTube.
5: <laughs> really? That's awesome.
4: Grady, of course, was was a Sanford and Son, um, was a Sanford and Son um, spinoff which there was a million spinoffs of those Norman Lear shows back in the seventies. Grady was one of them played by the incomparable incomparable. I'll let you do that. Who played Grady?
5: Uh, Whitman Mayo. That's right. Whitman Mayo.
4: Whitman Mayo. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) And I know you didn't have Uh, enough time to look that up.
5: So Whitman Mayo
4: played Grady.
5: Oh, That's definitely my uh, my wheelhouse. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah.
4: And I do too, and that's uh, that's just the thing that that's how we became friends in the first place. Because two years ago, um, Jeff had us write bios of ourselves to introduce. Um, we were fairly new writers, and I, for some reason, mentioned that I preferred Bailey Quarters over uh, over Jennifer Marlowe on WKRP, and you sent me a message saying that uh, saying it's refreshing to. See see another old guy that, uh, knows that stuff.
5: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, and I, so, uh, I could talk TV all day long. Yeah. And I guess we shouldn't
4: be doing that, but, uh, maybe one day they'll let us do a, uh, a, a spinoff on uh, movies and television and pop culture. That, that'd that be awesome. But, uh, one more mention of your Connor article. Brilliant. It was a very good article, but thank you. I had a hard time at first. I'll tell you why. I want to buy my son a James Conner jersey. I can't because my son's name is Conner, but he spells it O R. So oh, if okay. I buy him one, I have to custom make it so it's not spelled wrong in his eyes. So <laughs> I mean, you know, you because you know I grew up with the name Brian, B R Y A N, and yeah. uh, you know I still have people people that read my stuff see my name on it in the comments section even jeff will go ahead and, and when he texts me with my name b-r-i-a-n i still get that all the time so i uh i let people know i'm like adams and cranston b-r-y-a-n but uh with that being said you know that's a long way to uh keep on talking about uh how great we think james connor is and uh what the offense is doing, but if we go head back and we circle back after that big mess, if you're still with us, thank you. Um, but we definitely had fun with that whole discussion. Um, so here you go. You've got, we've got Matt Filer we went ahead and put down. We went ahead and put down James Conner, of course, for the valedictorian. On offense, you know, I'm thinking you also have to give Joshua Dobbs an honorable mention. One play was probably the biggest play of the ball game at one point. 22-yard pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju's another guy that I would give a uh, honorable mention to, put him on the honor roll. I thought he had another good game. Um, you know, I think this offense is just, has just found themselves, and they're there. there. Um, but what can you say, Tony, about Joshua Dobbs? One pass.
5: Oh, I mean, I I couldn't believe it when I, when I saw him. I think it was a play action pass, if I'm not mistaken. When I saw him going back to pass, and and you know, watching Ben lying on the ground, we didn't know that he not he had the wind knock, out of him. We thought that he had a shoulder injury, because that's what the TV people were saying. But the 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 coaches had to know that he was coming right back in the very next play. So it would have been safe a safe call for them just to have him hand hand the ball off. And to have him and st- drop back on second and twenty and and and, go, and complete that, or it's a very big, very big ballsy move by the coaching staff. And you got to give them credit for uh, for having confidence in Josh Dobbs. And quite frankly, they seem to have more confidence in Josh Dobbs than the Ravens have in Lamar Jackson because every time he went, he, he lined up under center, they they knew it was going to be a run. And I think all but one play it was a run. So that play by Josh Dobbs, like, like you said, it was the Maybe the most important play of the game because it's it set up what two plays later Ben went to Jesse James on the 50 yard uh, bomb and that set up the, uh, the the field goal that kind of put the game away. So yeah, that was that was just an uh, absolutely spectacular play and, and I'm just very happy for Dobbs.
4: I am too, and it, it proves that you have a guy that you can trust at that position cuz we saw Ben get hurt and i know everybody brings up the cincinnati game in the wild card with landry jones coming in and just completely wetting the bed i mean he couldn't have looked worse in that position when you had another backup quarterback in aj mccarran um trying to almost leading the opposition to a win back in 2016 and so you know i'm thinking you know you never want to see we really don't want to see Joshua Dobbs, the only time we want to see him is in week 17. The Steelers have right. the division, the scenario that the, the division is wrapped up and he's getting a start. I mean, that's when you want to see him. Or if it's a 47 nothing game and he's mopping up to get some, to get some uh, time and garbage time. You know, that, that's really, really what we're looking at for Joshua Dobbs. But it's nice to have the faith that if you need him, that the kid has moxie and he could come out and just sling that pill. So, I'm I'm really excited for uh, for that position because here's a guy that everybody had cut back in July. They What yeah. he was, was going to be cut in everybody's eye, and he went out and won that job, and he fairly won that job. I am, and, and in an editorial note, I'm thrilled to see Landry Jones go ahead and get the job in Jacksonville. I hope he gets some playing time down there. I think he deserves it. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a fantastic human being. I just don't think he was the fit in Pittsburgh for that backup position. I just, I mean, if you blame anybody, don't blame Landry. Blame the front office for that pick. Um, Just like, and I put this in Random Thoughts the other day, you know, you can't go ahead and blame Erica Alexander for uh, her horrible portrayal not horrible portrayal, but her portrayal of the horrible character, Cousin Pam, on the Cosby show when they jumped the shark in late years. You uh, kind of blame the roofie-toting um, comedian that hired her. I mean, that's, that's really what you do in that position. So, I mean, this time you, you definitely don't hate the player, hate the game. So good luck to Landry Jones. Um, who knows? We might be seeing old numbers a couple weeks, but not on primetime. Because that game has been flexed out, and rightfully so. So uh, after all of that nonsense, <laughs> have to talk TV all the time. Maybe maybe Entertainment Weekly will give us a show um, <laughs> if, if this doesn't work out, Tony. But um, the other thing. So l- let's run over to the defense real quick. You know, I'm still giving uh, I'm still giving Bud Dupree a game ball. Um, not validatory because. We just do a team valedictorian. But if I'm going honor roll on that side of the ball, Stephon it once again, he's found himself. Bud Dupree, Alvin, has found himself once again. I want to give Cody Sensabaugh a game ball. He has been officially named the starter on that side. And really, he had a really good game. Um, I want to say that I did not think, and I'm not a homer. I'm pretty objective when I watch these games, Tony but I really don't think that was a pass interference on Cody Stensabaugh. I don't think it was a pass interference on Terrell Edmonds. Um, I thought they were ticky-tack calls, and the refs were doing everything they could to keep Baltimore in that game. I mean, that might might be just, uh, you know, crazy talk, but I thought those guys had good games as well. Um, You know, so as far as my game balls, I'm looking at uh, val- not valedictorian but honorable status for those guys as well.
5: Oh, I I agree. I mean uh, Bud Dupree. I mean he's he's I think he's getting better and better every week. He's 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 putting consistent pressure on the quarterback week in and week out. And you can you can say it's it's the the switch to the right side if you want and that's fine. But whatever if you want whatever it's working and and, and he's in the backfield. How many weeks in a row now has he drawn? important holding penalties. Uh, as far as uh, Cody sent the ball, I think that was, he had a great game. And I think his, his PI was the most egregious call. I, I don't think they, that should have been a, uh, that they definitely should have kept their, their flag in, in, in the pocket on that one. The other two, I guess I could see because they didn't turn their heads. You know, you got to learn to turn your head and play the ball, but whatever they were, they were kind of iffy too, but definitely the one on sent the ball. And, and uh, as far as, as far as uh, other game balls, how about Mike Hilton? I mean, the guys like he's turning into the one of the best slot corners in the NFL. I, I just can't believe what a wonderful find he was by the uh, by the coaching staff. I mean, you, you, uh, says says Quaz Golson doesn't work out, but you find his roommate or his teammate at Ole Miss, and he comes in and it's just could could, could Golson play any better than Mike Kilton's playing right now? I mean, it's just it's incredible what he's doing, and that play he had on. Jackson late in the first half when, when he kept him out of the end zone that was just that was tremendous and and I, he's the, the secondary is so much better when he's I when they utilize him as a, dam, a dynamic player so I think all the ones you mentioned to it he had a great game and, and I think we have to add Mike Kelton to that too I think it was just a an awesome performance overall by the defense I just think they're getting better and better every week and it's it's gonna be a, a test this week but I think I think they're gonna they're going to uh, uh, surprise us again with another great performance.
4: That's why I emphatically agree with you with the A. I emphatically agree with you on Mike Hilton. In fact, I was going to bring him up, and I was going to bring up one more guy that uh, doesn't get the credit he deserves, but I think he's turning a lot of heads and changing a lot of minds. And it's the guy that I own in Jersey just because it's, I have the same surname, but Sean Davis is playing very mm-hmm. good football. Um I really like what he's doing back there. I I'm uh, out, sing songs about him um, because I really <laughs> think that he is helping that defense. too. Hilton and Davis, those guys are the future of this team on that defense. And you've got a guy like Hilton. Not only was he the less heralded guy, but he's five nine. You know, yeah. Golson was considered small at five eleven, but this guy's five nine. But He packs a punch, he's all over the place, he's omnipotent, and uh, he he just gets it done. So I love this guy, and I'm starting to really fall in love with this defense. I just hope they don't break my heart again, and Mm -hmm. this week, and we'll talk about this in just a little bit, this week will be a great test for this defense. So we will go ahead, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But as always, we want to invite you to call into the show, 347-850-8581. And the show is brought to you once again by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's everything Steelers. It's everything you want to know about the Steelers. About 10 articles debut each and every day. It's analysis. It's commentary. It's satire. It's a great read, and it's up to date one of the first sites to have the Le'Veon Bell tweet was our site. And uh, Jeff Hartman had that on within minutes of that tweet. In fact, he had it on I, like seven minutes after the tweet was when it went through proofread. It, when, I mean, it was on right away. So we keep you up to date. And more and more people are finding out about Behind the Steel Curtain, and you should too, whether it's the podcast, or whether it's in print, you're going to know about your Pittsburgh Steelers. And another guy I want to talk about right now is one of our Hall of Fame callers. And he, of course, has been waiting patiently on our phone line. And so we are going to go to Joy I've never done that before. I mean, I'm sure Jersey people hate when they do that. But Vito Mm -hmm. loves us, so I, I could do that. Right, buddy?
3: Good evening, gentlemen. How are you?
4: Very good, hey, my friend. I, we know you're doing good.
3: What a great Sunday. Uh, and, and I, I'm, you know, it was just look, I was on the Steelers' website. You know, I always listen to what they have to say. And, and we got to give a lot of credit to this offensive line, guys. I mean, one sack – was it one sack yesterday and one sack last week against two great defenses? I mean, would you say that the Cleveland Browns defense is ranked – just as highly as the Ravens' defense because of the pass rush and the talent that's on there. I actually think when I was looking at the Ravens yesterday, I noticed Suggs lost a step. He doesn't look like he's as quick as he used to be or as, as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, as disruptive as he once was. But he's still got to account for the guy. But I just think, you know, what, what the organization's done over the last few years in building this front line, to protect Ben is just a tremendous job. I mean, think about it. Against these great defenses, he's having plenty of time in the pocket to throw the ball. They were opening up holes to make Connor run. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. And I think we were a play or two away from really isolating that game early. There was a play where Juju Smith-Schuster was running before he caught the ball, and the ball was right in his hands. I think if he catches that ball, most likely we put points on the board there as well in and, and that game easily we could easily put over 30 points on the board. So just a great victory to go in there and do what we did and see a lot of the defensive uh, guys doing a great job, too, like you just mentioned, Hilton and Edmonds and Bud coming along week after week, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. And uh, I think the game on Thursday should be a tight game. What do you guys think?
4: Very tight game. Um, You know, you have a three-headed monster in Cam Newton, He's a former MVP of this league. This is a team that's 1-3 straight. They are 6-2 and two as well. They have a superstar in Kirsten McCaffrey at running back who is a dual threat. He catches the ball. He rushes. He's just so good. And uh, then Greg Olson's back. And you know how they struggle with with big, good, tight ends? I mean, I'm, I'm talking Travis Kelsey. He's, he's a guy like that. He's getting healthy. He's, he's a dangerous player as well. Um, It's funny because this is a team that plays every year in the last preseason game, but they, it's always the last Thursday night of the uh, preseason in week four. But the problem is that uh, it's mostly guys that are on the bubble that are playing in those games. But uh, the coaching staff, They definitely know each other. So it's almost, in a way, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, it's almost like playing a division rival when you play Carolina for how well they know each other, even though they are in separate conferences. I just feel that this is where last week was so important to avenge a loss, especially in the division. This week is an important game to beat an NFC team. I mean, a non-conference team, but a very good team with an all-around, all-around weapons, very good, good defense as well, and uh, someone that if you could go ahead and beat a team like this, then you are definitely for real. So my question for both of you is, is this team a legitimate Super Bowl contender? And that's sort of the theme of this show tonight. Has this turned the corner that they are legitimately a top two seed in the conference to go ahead and go to that Super Bowl? Peter, I'll let you go first.
3: I don't see why not. I mean, you know, we we were missing pieces last year towards the end of the season when the Ryan Shizier went down. They went out, they got Bostick, and they got Morgan Burnett. I know a lot of people didn't think those were good pieces, but – Burnett's been hurt, so we really haven't seen what he could do. But I noticed when he is in the game, though, it definitely changes the defense around because he is a veteran guy. But Bostic's been having a pretty great season, and he's definitely been helping a lot. So, I mean, the big thing you're going to have in the next few weeks is if Bell does come back, you're just going to have one more weapon on the field for everything else we have. Remember, last year, Vance McDonald wasn't healthy throughout the year, but you could see when he's in the game – he definitely presents challenges for these other defenses because of his size, because of who he could block, because they have to account for him. And if they're double teaming Brown, a lot of times either Connor is going to be open or Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be open. The nice thing about having Connor being able to catch the ball, it's just another safety valve for Ben. So I think the other defenses have to respect what our offense could do as well, because we have plenty of talent here. And we have a great line that's able to block, which, you know, allows, a lot of different things to transpire, and think about what we didn't do last year that we're doing this year. A lot of these fourth and ones, fourth and twos, you know, quarterback sneak short passes, and they're working, and they're working to our advantage. And then the other big stat is in the red zone, we've gone from a fifty percent to seventy-five percent. That's a huge, huge jump. So they're converting on, on touchdowns seventy-five percent of the time, where last year they were at fifty. So. Uh, Tom Haley's gone. Some people didn't like the decision that he left. But you know what? I think Ben's done a great job with the new guy that's, that's in there helping out. And they, they're rocking and rolling. They're trying different things, and they're working very well. So uh, I think there's no reason why we can't go to toe-to-toe with most teams. The only team I think will be a big problem for us will be the Saints because of how well they play in their building. I don't think the Jaguars are as big of a problem as they were last year. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I mean, the Patriots, we'll see. You know, we've always had problems with them, but I thought like we played them very well last year. And who knows, maybe this year for the first time in a long time, we're able to beat them. So, uh, you know, other than that, I don't, I don't know any other teams that we're facing that really possess a lot of problems. The Broncos aren't that good. Uh, Jaguars, I don't think, as good as they were. And uh, the Saints, I think, are really the only ones that are going to be problematic for us and maybe the Patriots, but I don't see where we can't get through the other teams that we face. Raiders aren't good at all either, 1-7. so Not a lot of great teams out there when you think about it. Not great meaning well-rounded in all areas.
4: Well said, yeah, uh... I agree with you. That... Go ahead, Tony.
5: No, I, I agree with, with Vito. I think if they're playing the way they are right now, if they continue – you know they're going to have their their bad moments too, but if they keep, you know, they found their rhythm on offense, they found their rhythm on defense. You know they got up to, have to do a slow start, but that happens. You know the way the way teams prepare for for the regular season and the preseason. We've talked about this before. It, it's hard to really get a feel for what kind of team you have coming out, out of the gate. So. They found a rhythm in October, like like they always seem to do, and and now they're they're definitely the team to beat in the AFC North. I think they've established that over the last four weeks, but spe- specifically the last three weeks with uh, impressive victories over over the division rivals. So they're definitely the team to beat in the AFC North, and now we're going to find out starting this Thursday just how good they are because it, the Panthers are no slouches. They're they're a they are a Super Bowl contender because they have a an elite quarterback. They have a, an imaginative offense. They have a, a pretty good defense. So it's going to be a it's going to be a, a really interesting second half. But I think I think they're definitely going to be there at the end. If nothing else, they're going to be one of the teams that we're talking about as Super Bowl contenders when uh, January rolls around.
4: Very good. I agree with all of that, uh, Vito. Thank you so much. We will talk Gentlemen, to you, uh, you. next week. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. And speaking of next week, we are going to go ahead and we have a programming note for next week. Let's uh, get that out of the way now. Since uh, there is a Thursday night game and we do the hangover the day after, that would be Friday night. But uh, Tony and I were in discussion and uh, we feel to just keep the uh, show on Monday night at 930 so we can go ahead and not only talk about the uh, the Steelers and the Panthers, but we can talk about the entire NFL Plate of games that happens on Sunday. So we will go ahead and meet once again at our regularly scheduled time 9.30 on Monday evening. So uh, please join us there and look for the notice on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com Now Tony, as you were saying I I agree with you um, that uh, the Steelers are a team to beat. Um, When is Vito kind of thinks the toughest game coming up is the New Orleans Saints. And that would be week 16, um, two days before Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yes, that is correct. It is on the Sunday, um, December 23rd. Um, The week before that is the New England game. There is another tough team in there um, that cannot go unnoticed. The uh, San Diego Chargers will be in there, if I'm not mistaken, um, December 2nd. so December 2nd, at home, excuse me, if I call them San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers, old habits do die hard. Um, so the Los Angeles Chargers are a very tough team as well. Um, when do you think the next Steeler loss legitimately would be? Because, I mean, I think we can both agree that they're not going to win out. Um, the best teams are not going to win out. We saw that with the Los Angeles Rams yesterday, losing to a team like the New Orleans Saints. Barely losing, but losing. So when do you really think in your uh, your brain of brains and your heart of heart that the next loss is coming? Well, I
5: mean, the way I've seen this team put on some, going some really long winning streaks the last two years, uh, I think nine two years ago and eight last year, I'm going to say, they definitely have an in to go on another streak this year. And to me, until they, until they beat them, I'm, I'm just going to go with the Patriots. That's the, that's the, the, the litmus test for me and until, you know, that, that to me, that's the, a game that I could definitely see them losing. And, I, and, and, not, not to say that, that the Panthers and, and, and the Chargers and teams like that, they can't lose an them either because they, they very well could. I mean, they have really great quarterbacks and, 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 and the defense is still relatively unproven. It, it hasn't turned a corner quite yet. So, yeah, I could definitely see them losing to San Diego. But I'm going to say the New England game, almost a year to the day last year when they played them, I think that's, that could be a game that, that, uh, that decides a lot of things in the AFC like it did last year.
4: You know what? I I think that their toughest task, on this uh, this possible winning streak will be on Thursday. I think it will be against Carolina. Luckily that this game is at home. Even though they lost some games at home, they've lost two games at home so far. Um, I really think I really think they have the tools to win this game. If to quote the late great Denny Green, if they are who we say we are. Yes. And if they go ahead and are who we think they, they definitely are, that they should win this game. Because I think, um, I, I think the city of Pittsburgh, I think Steeler Nation, I think uh, even the media has, uh, has faith in this team right now. And I think this team is united. I don't care whether number 26 is in a hoodie or in uniform. I think this is a united team, and I don't think he's going to come in and rip them apart. There's a uh, there's a lot of people think that he's going to come in and be a cancer, and I actually don't think that. I know I'm getting ahead of myself with Le'Veon Bell talk, but um, look, I think he wants to come. In. He proved his point, or whatever. No matter how off base his uh, his point may may be, he might even be coming in as the loser in this deal because of James Connors. Play and performance Um, He might be coming in with his tail Between his legs But Vito made made a great point You bring a guy like that back It's a weapon And we kind of teased this at the beginning Of the show, Tony That it's Mike Tomlin Who is going to Be the ultimate MVP of this team With the way he handles this situation And there is nothing In the way that he has, that he has talked about to, and not talked about, or ultimately yesterday talked about this. And when he made those comments that we do not need, uh, we need volunteers, not hostages. Which I thought was the quote of the decade. I absolutely love that quote from him, and it's perfect. And I thought it was time perfect from him. I know a lot of people, you know, uh, poo-pooed the fact that. He hasn't said a word throughout this whole thing, but he picked his spots, and that was the right time to send a message. And I tell you what, there's nothing that he has said or hasn't said that has made me not believe wholeheartedly that he has this situation under control. I think he has a plan, even though he says he doesn't. He knows exactly what he's doing. I, I ultimately believe that this is James Conner's team as we speak, and he is going to find a way to use the services of one on Bell when the time is right, in the position that's right. And um, I think it's going to be a win-win going forward. So I'm not worried about that whatsoever because I have full belief. Um, you know, sometimes we complain about Mike Tomlin and we complain about X's and O's and we complain about – throwing the flag, the red flag in the wrong, at the wrong time, and we complain about clock management. But when it comes to managing his personnel, he really knows these guys, and he manages them very well. We hear about a lack of discipline, but it does not kill this team. This guy has the, the finger on the pulse of what drives these guys, and they believe in him. And I fully believe in him to the point that he's going to take care of this
5: situation. Am I
4: on on this, Tony? You're
5: absolutely on. You're absolutely. Because I mean, there's a reason why he's always voted one of the, the, the top guys that other players want to play for. And that's because he, he's a great leader of men. He knows how to handle people. He knows how to handle situations. I mean, and it's it, you know, people don't give him enough credit for that. Like, even – the, the Santonio San Holmes thing ten years ago when he, you know he was he was arrested for or cited for marijuana possession and he said all right you're you're go home for the week you're you're not you're, we're not we're deactivating you for this game he just knows how to do those kind of things and he owes it to the rest of that locker room to do the right thing when it comes to James Conner and and he's their guy meaning Ben Roethlisberger meaning the offensive line he's their running back now. And he's going to be the guy that has to start moving forward, whether Bell's there or not. And it doesn't mean a belt, that Le'Veon Bell that, that sits on a sideline, sits in gray sweats the rest of the year. No, he, you, you have to utilize him at some point because he is a great weapon, like you said. But he can't, be the, he can't just cut, step right in and, and get 99% of the carries that he has in the past. Just not, it would not be fair, and it would send the wrong message players and Mike Tomlin is not in the business of sending the wrong message. He's made a career out of sending the right message, whether we like whether people want to believe it or not, he is that kind of coach and, 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 and that's his biggest strength. And I think he's gonna do the right thing. And I think when he comes in, meaning and Bell, Mike Tomlin is eventually going to find a way to make this right for both of them and mainly for specifically for his team, because that's the most important part. How this helps the team uh, the rest over the last eight weeks of the season, Brian?
4: So I think it's a plus him coming in. I don't think he's going to disrupt any mojo. you know i I can honestly say, I don't ever remember him being a problem in the locker room. Um, you know the the time when we talked about him being a bad teammate was basically um in the last year with some of the tweets at uh, the wrong time showing up late before the Jacksonville game. And then ultimately uh, the uh, allegedly misleading um, his teammates on when he was coming back. And I uh, just completely uh, mishandling this situation in uh, my mind and a lot of people's minds. but in the past, I've never really heard of him being that bad. In fact, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt liked him so much that they, uh, they shared uh, his namesake in blunts together um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on McKnight Road. So um, yeah. with that being said, yeah, I had to throw that in, but I, I'm not worried about that. But circling all the way back to um, the next loss, if they get through Carolina, which I think they have the tools to, but I'm still nervous about this game, um, I really think that uh, they can go all the way to – the New Orleans game before they lose, and that includes beating a team like the New England Patriots. I think uh, I think this whole Le'Veon Bell James Conner situation soap opera um, has has nothing has done nothing but unite this team, and I don't think that you could drive a wedge between that this team at this point. Um, I love I, you know I talked very early in the season that, uh, you know, I love this team. I don't like this team right now. I not only love this team, I like this team right now. Um, I like the way that they have, you know, just bonded, and um, they're ready to keep rolling. So my answer to my own question is, uh, yes, I think this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You look at the schedule, Kansas City has some tough, tough games coming up. They have the Los Angeles Rams. They have the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, there's always a divisional game. There's always a game that's going to give them fits. I think that glass slipper is going to crack. Um, they're, they're definitely a playoff team, but um, you know the Pittsburgh Steelers could catch them, and they're close enough to both teams that they could even get that number one seed. You never know um, the way this whole thing is going to shake out. Um, I saw a New England team yesterday on the ropes as well against Green Bay before, um, you know, a Aaron Jones fumble, just completely let, uh, let that team in Green Bay completely fall apart. So I think uh, this is going to be a great second half of the season for this team. I'm excited where it's going. I'm the schedule is definitely not as daunting as it was, um, back in April and even back in September, because you have teams like Jacksonville, Oakland and Denver that are not as strong as they originally were thought to be. But the teams that are strong are going to be new Orleans. They're going to be your Carolina and they're definitely going to be the Los Angeles chargers. Um, And that goes without saying the New England Patriots as well. That's going to be a battle. But once again, if they are who we think they are, they can find a way to beat each and every one of those teams. I think the most daunting, though, would be Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints because right now they are a half game out of being the number one seed in the NFC, believe it or not, based on that win over the Los Angeles Rams. Yesterday, which I watched that game on Red Zone, it was just that was an insane
5: ball game. Awesome game. So
4: Tony Defio, oh, you got to see that.
5: Oh yeah, well I was, yeah I was watching it when I was bowling. It was a really uh, exciting game. Absolutely. So does football get
4: in the way of your bowling prowess? Because I understand you're a very, I mean, you rival Jerome Bettis as a, uh, as a bowler from uh, my scouts out there. Out in the lanes.
5: I mean, because I, well, I have
4: people, Tony. And they say they any, say you're pretty good.
5: Well, your scouts are feeding you uh, a lot of uh, BS because I'm the I'm the I'm the worst bowler on my team. I mean, granted, I'm on a really good team, but I'm like the uh, if I was a pitcher, I'd be the uh, the fifth starter, maybe uh, the occasional long reliever on this team. It's it's a very good uh, bowling <laughs> team. I'm just I'm just tagging along. So, but no, it doesn't get in the shed, way. I, I can. Yeah, I'm Chad. Cole. There you go. Very good. Very good. Very good reference. Very good reference. Yes, that's that's me. But no, uh, it doesn't really get in the way. I I, uh, I I can I love doing both. I love bowling and watching football at the same time. It can't get any better than that. So you can tell I'm not married yeah. because I get to do all this fun stuff. <laughs> there was
4: there was a time when uh, young Brian Anthony Davis got to go do that, but uh, I am I'm just as happy. Uh, uh, hanging out with the wife, the kids, four idiot dogs. Um, but <laughs> they, uh, I've sacrificed college football. I've sacrificed my Saturdays. They give me my Sundays, but they join in too. And,
5: uh
4: to that. that's uh So I, wa- I was watching Red Zone yesterday, and I was in a, a big battle in my FanDuel League which I uh, bested one Jeffrey Hartman yesterday and I took <laughs> second place in our league. And, uh, cause he had been on a roll as of late. And, uh, you know, what did him in ultimately is, uh, he goes with James Connor every week and he just didn't think that, uh, James was going to, uh, and I agreed with him that James was going to penetrate the uh, Baltimore defense the way he did. So, um, So I have to I have to throw that in there Because he he always brags (laughs) on me When he beats me And he was on a roll as of late Well, uh, With that being said uh, You know what I was about to wrap things up And and I I was wondering Where Ken from Jersey was So uh, let's go to Ken Before we wrap everything up Uh, Ken what's going on man
2: What's up guys What's up (laughs) Just Take under the on, wire, man. man. We... Yep. Just just made the cut. I just I'm the 53rd man on the roster right now, man. I just made the cut. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're
4: you're our Cameron candidate. i can Wow. Yeah. Or Brian
2: Cameron Allen. Kennedy, exactly. Brian Allen. You yeah, know l- who let's else, ca- uh... <laughs> Yeah. Let's call you Brian Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be Brian Allen right well, now. Well, yeah, what just, do, What just,
4: do you know,
2: just buddy? Just got on though. Yeah, man, it was a great week, and, you know, it's it's funny because, like, you know, you kind of have a feeling of how things are going to go, and I I didn't want to get too hopeful. I thought this game would pretty much go like this, you know, um, but there's always that, ah, yeah, but what if a freak, you know, an exception or, you know, something like that, or, something freak happens and it just kind of goes sideways. But I really did feel in my gut like the game would go this way. So what that tells me is that we're starting to see some consistency from the team and, you know, some things that you can count on. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I don't know what you what you guys spoke about earlier in the call, but one of the things I was looking for, I was looking, I wanted to see, if, you know, if I caught him on the TV, um, you know, the TV feed was Antonio Brown. I mean, he had, like, five catches from 42 yards. He did not have the one six-yard touchdown. But I wanted to see his body language. I wanted to see his engagement with teammates and things like that. And I couldn't really see it. Um, but this is a formula that, that we have right now, and it's working, um, where everyone's selfless. And you know what? Say what you want to say. Um, there, There is um, a subtraction of selfishness with in the locker room with Le'Veon Bell being out there. And I think it's palpable amongst the, amongst the team. Um, a lot of times, you know, people don't talk about, remember, he tweeted out something right before the Jacksonville game about they got to pay me or something. It's like, dude, like it's, it's divisional, divisional week in the playoffs. What are you talking about your contract for? You can't even get paid right now, you know, let alone showing up late for the walkthrough, but he did like the week of or something It there's just, Imagine how – if we're hearing that, like, on the outside, imagine yeah. how much they were hearing it in regular conversations. The guy sitting next to the locker room, he's talking to A.B. about the contract, but two lockers down, you know, DeCastro got a hearing and rolling his eyes. You know, like, these these things add up over time with, like, just kind of, like, teammate equity and things like that. So they know who he really is, you know, and they probably see some of the tweets and – like, yeah, whatever. I know who this guy really is. So they have an appreciation for James Conner. I, I just, I'm saying that not to bash on Bell, but let's not like diminish that, that like dynamic because um, they have something here and it feels good and it feels pure in that locker room. I, I'm not in a locker room, but that's what it seems like just listening to a lot of the guys. So I think that's contributing to um, the cohesiveness and just like how quiet it's been with the team over the last month.
4: And you know what? That's something we did talk about. I took a little bit of a different angle, Ken. Um, the angle I took was the fact that they are so tight and cohesive right now, and uh, they are really – they're rooting for for James Conner because uh, they see the selfless end of end of him. But what I was mentioning was that you never really – we speculated, and I, I agree with you. He was probably talking about it in the locker room when we saw those tweets, but there were never situations where it came out that he was a bad teammate like we heard about what was going on with James Harrison towards the end. Um, in fact, um, heard a lot of uh, things about him being a good teammate. heard James Conner and, uh, and Joe Hayden, and Joe Hayden, I'm going to take more stock in what he has to say at this point because um, James is trying to say the right things show in just his second year has become a team leader. And he's like, yeah, we love Le'Veon. It's the exact words that I listened to on, uh, on the fan today. Um, it was a soundbite from him. We love Le'Veon. We will welcome back, but this is James. Basically, this is James's team and we ride with James. Um, so, You know, I I really feel that I don't think he can penetrate it. I don't know if you heard the part where we were talking about how Mike Tomlin is the glue. He's the key. He will be the MVP of this entire situation on how he handles this, And we have no doubt that he is going to handle this in the perfect way. Just the way he brought up where I'm calling one of the quotes of the decade, we need volunteers, not hostages. I love that more than anything. I thought that was fantastic. That basically tells me that, look, you can come back here, but don't come back here just because you have to come back here because we don't want you if you're going to bring that attitude. That's what I read right. into that entire thing. I read into the fact that, look, this is James' James's team. You come back. You're going to get a chance to contribute. But uh, know what you're coming into because you created this situation in, by leaving, by not reporting, excuse me. You created this situation. So if you don't like the fact that we're just going to roll out the red carpet and say, oh, here's the keys to the car again, you're mm-hmm. sadly mistaken because it's not going to happen because we're riding with the monster that you created. And that monster is James Conner. And you can see in the stats, and you can see how he completely outplayed them. So Mike Tomlin is your key. And we talked about it. Tony brought about how the players coach, just how he's a leader among men. And I have nothing to worry about. Um, Vito brought this up, and I love this this, uh, assessment, is the fact that, you know, it's an extra weapon. And if they do it right, they're going to have an extra weapon. If he does not... uh, if he does not comply and uh, is going to be a problem, he's only hurting themselves because they're not going to put up with it. it, it you can be the most expensive backup on the team, if expensive backup on the league. It doesn't matter because you have a guy that we can roll in, roll with, with whether you're here or not. So you're kind of uh, – he kind of lost this, this face off. This is a pissing contest that he lost. And I think he knows it. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I really think they can find a way to make this work.
2: It's interesting um, because, you know, I was listening to, um, I was listening to, and I do think that he is a good teammate. I just don't, you know, think they just got tired of hearing about the contract, the contract, especially when nothing can be done in season. But I was listening to um, Maurice Jones-Drew on uh, the Dan Patrick show. And I don't know if you guys know, but he shares the same agent as Le'Veon Bell, at D.C. Bacari. And um, he was talking about Bell. He, he speaks to Bell a lot. And he was saying, no, both teams are winning. What This has nothing to do with about the team. He just wanted less wear and tear. So if he comes back, like, listen, I set up my 10 games. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I think this can be great down the stretch. We got, we got some dogs that we play, the Saints. We got the Panthers this week. You know, so we got some hard games. The Patriots still. Um, Jacksonville will still be tough. Uh, they, they're going to get up for us. So um, this can be great if he comes back with the right mentality. But I just like overall, I like the way the team is clicking, the defense is playing better, and, um, you know, still not a finished product, but getting better. Mike Hilton, man, whew, that mm-hmm. dude, that, that little dude, man, <laughs> there was always one guy on your football team that was smaller than everybody else, and he was just a dog. I remember a guy from my high school like the, He's that guy. Mike Hilton is a key to this defense, and I just I just wish health for everybody because too, it's coming on nice. You know, like the, it's looking it's looking better. So uh, we got some we got some tests
4: coming up, but
2: I like what I'm seeing so far, and hopefully we will continue.
4: And don't forget, bud. I'm really loving yes. Bud right now.
2: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He would, he would have two He would have had a safety sack, possibly a fumble last week, and he would have definitely had a sack fumble with Flacco yesterday if he didn't get held. So, um, I, he's getting there. Two weeks in a row. Hallelujah.
4: Yeah. You know what? I mean, and to, like you mentioned to it as well. And I thought Cody Sensabaugh, you got to say that he had a good game as well. Um, and Terrell Edmonds is actually, each week he's finding himself a little bit more. But you throw Morgan Burnett in the situation, I know he's looked a little rusty. Don't sleep on this guy. This guy's an expert coach on that field. And uh, with Joe Hayden and Morgan Burnett, they, they're more of a cohesive unit as well. So I'm liking this defense um, in the last four weeks they have uh, they have given up about an average of 17.5, 18 points in the last four games, the second quarter of the season. And uh, that's if you can do that every week, there's no reason with that offense that you're not going to win every single one of them. Um, so if they keep that average up, this is a top-10 defense, and that's what you hope for in this team. So, Ken, thanks so much. A programming note, we are going to be back here next Monday night at the same time, 9.30, um, even though the game is on Thursday evening. And we hope to see you then, man.
2: All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. See you, Ken.
4: All right, buddy. I love our Jersey boys. You know, Ken, Villa, yeah. those guys, those, those guys, I think they know more than me, definitely. I mean, I love listening to those guys and hearing what they have to say. And I take notes and uh then throughout the week i steal their material um (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking but i'm not joking but uh, with that being said tony let's uh, uh let's put uh the last call in on this uh hangover edition of Steelers ravens you know that i am a maryland resident jeff hartman is a maryland resident and uh we're not telling you exactly where we are in Maryland, but this feels really, really, really good. And uh, to go ahead and to to beat this team, especially at M&T Bank Stadium, because I'm not going to lie to you, I drive past that stadium and my wife yells at me because um, there's on my hand I have five fingers and I only salute them, with, <laughs> salute that stadium with one when I go past. <laughs> kids could be in the car. It doesn't matter. It's going up when I see those that's purple seats in that stadium. So, I mean, you know, it's just – and I don't want it to be that way. I have no problem with the Baltimore Orioles. But, uh, you know, hey, the, uh, the Ravens, that's just – the Ravens and Bengals, those are my chief rivals. And when I see a fan, I love talking to them. I'm courteous as always. But, uh, you know, just – uh, boy, beating them is sweet. So two times in the last three games, it's been special for me. Uh you know, I want to just, uh, mention, you know, one thing that, uh, we were talking about with Ken, we were talking about, uh, you were bringing up the fact that the one two punch down the stretch with these two guys, Bell and Connor, if it does indeed happen, um, I was thinking about something. I was thinking about baseball. And I was thinking of when the, when the Pirates came back in the 1990s, and they were in the playoffs in 1990 facing the Cincinnati Reds. I know you know that series well. I and really uh, they, 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 did not, they did not win that series. One of the key reasons they did not win that series is because the Cincinnati Reds had three closers, one in the seventh named Norm Charlton, one in the eighth named Rob Dibble, and one in the ninth named Randy Myers. And you couldn't touch those guys. Three closers, seven, eight, and nine. And I know there's teams like that now, but back then that was so rare. And the Steelers could do the same thing with two running backs. You take one out, you bring another one in, or maybe throw them, throw them out there at the same time, man, you were going to be in peril. If they can find a way to make this work, and I trust this coaching staff to make this certain situation work, so uh, you know, am I right on? Do you remember the Nasty Boys?
5: Oh, do I ever? I remember them not fondly, but I definitely remember them. Yes, it was a. Uh, one of <laughs> no situ- one
4: remembers them fondly.
5: No, no, it was one of those situations where you ha- basically had had the lead by the seventh inning, or you were or you were toast, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I can I could definitely see a situation where. Le'Veon Bell does help this team at, at near the end of the year. I mean, we can't sit here and say, you know, he just let him sit and rot and, you know, because he, he's such a, a talented, dynamic player that he can help this team. Maybe he's somewhere else next year and he's going to be somewhere else next year, but definitely capable of helping this team this year. And we, we shouldn't close our uh, eyes to that and, and, and turn our backs to that. Levian Bell could be a, a very important uh, part of this team before all is said and done. So uh, it's James Conner's team right now, but but by the end of the year, we might be uh, at least te- you know saying thank you to Levian Bell for all the memories, you know, if he has one great final chapter uh, in 2018.
4: When does he walk through the door, Tony?
5: Well, I mean. He, if he said farewell Miami today, it, it's got to be – it definitely makes sense, the timeline, because he has to report by the 13th. So I, I say next uh, Monday, because that would that would give him enough time to theoretically be ready for the uh, following week. So I'm thinking next Monday he's coming to town, I which will be the 12th.
4: No Wednesday and the re- I'm thinking no later than this Wednesday, and the reason being is if he shows up Wednesday – he could go ahead and uh, drain a game because he wouldn't be ready to play against Carolina. But if they're going to use an exemption against him, then they could go ahead and knock that one week exemption right there away. Very good point. Um, if Very that's good what point. he thinks they're going yeah. to do. Um, and then possibly be ready for the Jacksonville game. Oh, um, 10 days later. You know, I really think that's uh, – that's probably what he has planned because that's almost like a mini bye week there. I, uh, I would think that would be the smartest thing and farewell Miami. means mean, he's, he's at the airport first thing in the morning. He shows up sometime tomorrow, gets the physical, does all that. And, uh, and then reports to work officially and signs a tender on Wednesday. Um, you know, I mean, but with this guy, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. enough said with that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. And like we keep saying, if it's handled the right way, I'm no doubt that from the Rooneys, Colbert, and Tomlin, and Featner, this is going to be handled well. So um, I'm not worried about this this at all. I think it. it uh, I'm not asking him to be a savior. I'm asking James Conner to continue to do what he's doing, but I, I don't mind having that extra weapon in there, and, uh, but still let him walk the line, so to speak. So uh, real quick, we have to wrap it up. We've gone over, but uh, the Carolina Panthers roll into town. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to win this game? And if, if so,
5: what score? I think it's going to be a a very high-scoring, close game, and and I think they do win. I'm going to say 36-33.
4: Wow. You know, I had 37-33 Carolina um, just because I have that that weird feeling, but uh, I like to pick those games and love being wrong. Um, In fact, if you heard me on the – I took a lot of flack from Jeff on this, but I picked the Browns to – to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because I had nothing else to lose by doing it. Um, so really, <laughs> it, if I lose, I'm not contracted by by Vegas to give numbers. If I lose, uh, you know, then I, I'm happy because um, there's no money on it for me. So um, I, mean, I guess credibility is on the line. But you know, look, I, I just want to just uh, where I'm thinking. I'm thinking that uh, this is going to be a tough team to beat. I think the Steelers can beat them. I kind of expect them to, but I also expect, you know, something weird too. So I'm just going to, you know, uh, go with that feeling. And uh, once again, hope I'm wrong. But once again, Tony, thank you for another uh, another fun-filled hour plus, And we will talk to you next week at this time and hopefully talking about a first place football team cuz you never know what's going to happen with those other boys.
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't I can't wait for this Thursday. I, you know, Thursday Thursday night football isn't the greatest, but I am I'm, I'm very excited for this this week's games. I think it's going to be a great game and I think it's going to be a great test for the Steelers and I can't wait to talk about it next Monday.
4: All right, buddy. For behindthesteelcurtain.com. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Thank you for sharing with us this fun-filled night of talking about the Steelers beating the arch-rival Baltimore Ravens and talking about the possibility of Le'Veon Bell walking through that door once again, or at least the rumor of it. But with that being said, we thank you for joining us. And remember, you, my friends, Steeler Nation, have just been hungover. Good night are you prepared to navigate today's bond markets for your clients
0: with decades of experience mfs has helped advisors uncover fixed income investment opportunities through volatile markets learn more at mfs.com the starlight lounge presents an evening with the progressive box oh what a great audience Let's stem the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 18 plus.